Hello and welcome to If Homeschool Walls Could Talk. I'm your host, Jenny Hahn. Welcome back to the podcast. There has been a big break between episodes. It ends up that trying to get back in the routine of school, even when you're a homeschooler, is super challenging. So the podcast has taken the back burner. Though I haven't stopped talking talking to so many amazing people, especially because here in Washington, all public schools are remote, are virtual. And so I've been talking to people, so much time talking to people about homeschooling and how to supplement if they're still doing the online school, just so many good conversations about that. And then you add on top of that, we had wildfires. I'm sure you saw that in the news. And that dominated a bunch of our life. It's just wondering, are we going to end up having to evacuate and just trying to keep kids from getting too anxious about it? That just made everything else take a back burner. But I'm coming back with a bang with my friend Holly Field. Let me tell you about Holly. She is so delightful. We've worked together at our Commonwealth School. She was my stage manager when I directed a production of Much Ado About Nothing. And I totally relied on her so much. Ends up I'm not great about writing down all the stage direction I'm constantly giving. And so I basically told her, would you just write down all these things I'm saying to these teenagers? And she did. And that made the production go so much smoother. So she's amazing. And one of the things that I love about her is how much she leads out and sets the example for her kids in in loving learning and pushing herself to learn new things. And right now she's teaching this amazing class that my 13-year-old is taking that's all about the Revolutionary War and the founding fathers and founding documents. It's super cool and just really bringing that time period to life. So I'm really glad that she was game to come on the podcast today because even though I've known her for a long time, I didn't really know how she came to homeschool. So super grateful she came on today. I hope you enjoy her story because she's a delight. Holly, welcome to the podcast. I'm really glad you're here. Thank you. Glad to be here. So I, I can't remember how long ago it was that I asked you to come be on the podcast. It was months ago. It was months. It? Yeah. yeah. It was so a it's a long time coming. I'm glad it's finally happening. <laughs> That's awesome. It's really fun to have people say yes, too, because most people when I ask say, uh, I don't think so. I got to think about it. And you were like, yeah, OK, I could do that. So you, you and get... then I went, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> at least you didn't do it to my face. That's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, while we start off, you can tell us about yourself and you can tell us about your homeschool journey. Okay. So I guess I could, I'm going to even start at kindergarten. I went to a little tiny kindergarten in Idaho, Iona, Idaho. And my sister had gone to, you know, kindergarten. We're 13 months apart. So we were, you know, back to back in starting. And I believe that when my sister was learning to read, I would just sit kind of close by. And so I was picking things up, but it was really interesting. It was like, I, I believe I was learning along with her. Like I was starting to read, but then I went to school and I don't know that I was necessarily ready. Um, 
kind of a space cadet, I think, <laughs> in general. <laughs> and so um, I I think that it just kind of kind of went downhill from there. Not that I had a lot of problems. I was just kind of like there and existing. I don't even know. Sometimes I don't think I even knew fully, like, what what were we talking about? What were we doing? Yeah. So that was kind of, I guess, my first experience. And then we moved to Arkansas, and then we moved to Oklahoma. So we did a little bit of moving every few years. Um, and then I, I will say, like, I was in a special reading class when I was in fourth grade. And like I said, kind of not really connected. So I didn't really realize I was in a special class. I just thought they were sending me to reading class. And then I just overheard my mom and a teacher talking and saying, she's doing really well. So we don't want to push her up into the next higher reading. And, and, you know, because we don't want to stress her out. I was like, what? There's a problem. (laughs) I, I just didn't, I was just moving along. And then we went into middle school, and in Norman, Oklahoma, the middle school started in sixth grade. Yeah, sixth grade. And I know some don't always, I, I can't even remember fully, but sometimes some schools, elementary still has sixth graders, and but then sometimes they put them in with middle schoolers. So yeah. anyway, this one was, we were in middle school, and my older sister, she's a quieter person than I am, and more serious it really stressed her out to be in middle school. And uh, so they put, well, I went into sixth grade, she was in seventh grade. And I just remember they would tell me to bring things and I just would forget to tell my mom, like, maybe I should write that down. And I would forget. (laughs) So that was my major problem is just forgetting assignments just, just because I would forget. So, but my older sister, she just really stressed out. and she, then she would come home and she would just tirade because she was just over, overstimulated. And that's the best word I can think of. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of craziness going on. So the police were at the middle school every day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Take care of something. And so that was another issue that my parents were kind of a little bit, worried about well yeah yeah <laughs> if the police are at the middle school every day that would stress me out yeah and like I said I didn't I didn't notice but my older sister definitely it was something that she was aware of and um so they started talking about it and it was interesting because the first day of sixth grade my mother just had this feeling that somebody should not be going to school that day and of course it's the first day of school you can't tell us we can't go so we all just got no 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 let us go please please but she didn't know who was going to have a problem she's just like something is wrong something is wrong then my little brother um he went he was he had already gone to kindergarten and I guess they felt like he the school felt like he wasn't mature enough to go to for into first grade so they called the class transition and so it was in between kindergarten and it was in between, you know, in between kindergarten and first grade. So they put him in this class and it was hyper. The whole entire class was just a mess. Um, the teacher yelled at them all the time, not him, but other kids, because they just wouldn't stay in their seats. They couldn't control themselves at all. And he was, you know, sitting back in his chair, just kind of nervous. 
and scared. And I think it was about a week into it. And he didn't want to go. And he was telling her he was having nightmares. And his teacher was the witch in Hansel and Gretel. And Aww. those were, he just kept having this reoccurring dream. She's like, well, that was the child that needed to not go. So um, they pulled him out of school. And so that was our first experience with homeschool. And she didn't know, my mo- mother didn't know what to do, where to start. So and she had to start this? looking. Was this in the 80s? 80s? Yeah, yeah, 80s. And then they decided, well, the police are at the school all the time. Let's pull the two older girls out and put them in a private school. And then one of my, the sister that's two years younger than me, she had dyslexia and ADD. They had her in a special class. So she just stayed in school, in the school she was in. But they took us out, put us in a private school, and it was expensive. Yeah. Very expensive for the two of us to go. And um, they didn't... They didn't really have the money for that, and it just kept piling up, and and so they said, let's take them out. We're just going to homeschool these two as well, and so every, well, the three of us were out, and then my sister, Bethany, was still in um, public school with her special class, so we did that for a few years, or I honestly don't even know how long, <laughs> and we moved out into the country, and it was because there was a lady that wanted us to house sit for her. So her house is up on the hill, and we're living in this dinky, nasty trailer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but it was it was awesome because we could just run around out outside a lot. And they kept my sister in school until we moved out to this property, and then they went ahead and pulled her out because she wasn't progressing herself either as much as they would have liked. It was almost like she was just getting held back each year. So my mom decided to, to start doing more research herself. And then... And what grade are you in at this point? I was in sixth grade. So it was between sixth and seventh. Okay. And then how how many kids are in your family? Like where Seven. You, there's seven. So you're at, at that time, there were five of us. Five at home? Yeah. Okay. And well... Five, yes, but my mom hadn't had my last oh, two gotcha. siblings. So, so yeah. you're the second oldest, uh-huh. is what you're saying. Okay, yeah. okay, gotcha. So then it was a lot of detoxing, I would say. And and it was funny because I was supposed to get braces, and I was super excited to get rid of my crazy teeth. And then my mom found out she was pregnant with my second-to-last sister. And I was 13 by this point, and I don't so she she said, well, we're going to have to wait because we can't afford a baby and teeth. So I'm like, okay. So I just, I basically just did a lot of just playing outside. And it was really fascinating because I really wanted a dog, like Charlotte. Yes. <laughs> I just had to have a dog. And I was praying all the time, praying, praying, praying. And I didn't even really tell my parents. We, we had a dog, but I wanted my own. Oh, you want your own so, dog. My own dog. <clears throat> so this little puppy just showed up. And so it was just, it was a Brittany, well, Brittany, and we just ran all over the place. Like she was everything. So we'd run down to the creek, which I wasn't supposed to be at. We'd pet the horses <laughs> on the other side and we just did all kinds of stuff. And uh, then it was interesting because I, 
I wasn't a reader at all. My older sister, of course, read because she's that type of person. And she had gotten Little House on the Prairie from my aunt. She probably read him three or four times. And that was when she was eight. Now she's 14. She's still, she's like in her bed, just reading, reading, reading. And she thought I was crazy because I climbed trees. And she thought I was going to kill myself. <laughs> she tells me all the time, you're like, I thought you were going to kill yourself. So anyway, that was like black and white. She and I are just total opposites. And, but best friends. So that was kind of fun. And she... I just kept looking at her saying, what is she finding these stories? Like, what is up with this little house of prairie that she's always talking about? And she's always reading over and over again. So I picked up, um, little house in the big woods and I read it. And then I just was like, wow, this is me. (laughs) And I just started reading all of them. That's the first experience that I had with reading. And I was about 13 and I just kept, I just read through them all and I just loved it. And I fell in love with reading and then it just kind of grew from there and so i thought i just i just thought okay i'm loving reading and then i started doing goal setting um with church and a church program that they had and that was another obsession of mine it's just like setting goals and accomplish this goal it was just really an obsession that i started having um then I, at some point, and I don't even know when, my mom had the book by Dorothy and Raymond Moore, the homeschool handbook. Oh, I never heard of that one. Okay. So I read that and I, I wasn't that much, that much older, but it just was really interesting to me because it, I was like, everything they say, every single age, I just hit that age. And so that was my decision. It was interesting because I was pretty young and I just decided I'm going to homeschool too. I'm going to homeschool my kids in the future. So anyway, but my mom still didn't have a grasp on how to do a lot of stuff. And I think she was stressed out. And then, you know, at that time she was pregnant, so she didn't feel good. And she was reading a lot, but romance, like romance books, because she'd go to my dad's mom's and my dad's mom had wall to wall romance books. So she read a lot of romance books. (laughs) (laughs) And so I tried it for a while. I'm like, after so many years I'm like the, uh. like, like Daniel <laughs> Steele like romance no or? they weren't they were the old 70s and 60s romances oh. so they were they don't have the garbage but they have the 18 19 year old girl marrying the a lot older man oh, <laughs> yeah. so they were but then you know and I just never got it because I was like fight 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 I'm so in love with you <laughs> so I'm like I'm not that yeah, my poor husband. I'm not romantic. <laughs> so, anyway. Well, those aren't exactly great examples yeah, of I know, romance. That's what so... I was like, this is so stupid. <laughs> so, that was my experience with romance. I read them for a while. And then I'm like, yeah, let's go to something else. My parents had lots of books. So, I started reading on my own. I did find, though, that com- like my comprehension, I'd read it. And I'd spend all this time reading. And then I wouldn't remember anything. And we weren't discussing, like, I'm, I have learned we need to discuss. So that that helps with retention. So we spent quite a few years. I think when I turned 16 was when I hit another milestone and I was ready, completely ready. But my parents didn't have any clue what to do. And, and a lot of times 
it's almost as if we would just start over, like nothing would happen for a while and then they would just start over. It's like, well, we've put this off for so long. Now we need to go back and review. And we'd get through a review and it would kind of run out of steam again. Yeah. Yeah. And so that happened a lot. And so there were big holes in my education. And then I finally said, I'm just going to get my GED. So I went and got my GED when I was 19 and started college. And I didn't do very well in math, but I got in. So I started and I took some classes. And then I kind of faltered at that point just because I didn't I didn't know what I wanted to be when yeah. I grew up. Yeah. So I moved out, to, out here to Washington from Missouri. And a few years and I met my husband and started having children. And... I was adamant, I'm going to homeschool because I just knew, you know, the process and I knew from my own experience, the wake up points. I, I don't know any other way to put it. So oh, I love that. The okay. wake up points. The wake up points. Okay, that's great. Yeah. So I, I, I was ready. And of course I had tried, I wanted computers, internet wasn't as wonderful as it is now. Yeah. And so when I'd look up something on the computer, it was really hard, really slow. There wasn't that much out there. And I was kind of lost. I, I was like, well, what curriculum do I use? What curriculum? And so I wanted to start buying stuff. My husband's like, you're pregnant you know, with my first. You, Why get everything now? Things are going to change so much by the time you have him. But I still felt like I needed something and I didn't know where to look or who to go to. Because, you know, my, my examples weren't perfect because it was like they were the trailblazers. My parents were trailblazers, not perfection. Yeah. So they, you know, I could talk to my mom anytime, but she didn't even have all the answers. She was still homeschooling my younger siblings. And so I, I just was like, okay, I'll wait. And I didn't have anything when he was five, when Hunter was five. And... It was interesting because I'm like, it, as if a switch goes on, right? Time for kindergarten. Everybody else is starting. The first yeah. day of kindergarten, going to start. And I was really excited. And he looks at me like I got some things out. Like, let's learn about birds. And he didn't care. And so I was like, <laughs> and he just, he looks at me. He's like, no, mom, I'm in charge. Uh, <laughs> and he was almost six because, you know, his cutoff, the cutoff day, his birthday's December. Yeah. So he was almost six. Like, no, mom, I'm in charge. And I was like, what? No, the parent, I'm like, this doesn't, this is not right. Parents are supposed <laughs> to be in charge of their children's education. And it's like, okay. And I kind of started to falter. And, and because we were homeschooling, we as a family had decided to go to Canada for, for family vacation right after school started or public school had started. But we were homeschooling so we could do whatever we wanted. So we decided that, you know, we had planned it. And then I talked to a friend and she's like, you know, every time you talk about homeschooling, it's just like, uh, like everything about you just kind of falls. And I think it was because I didn't know what I was doing and I was just, I was super excited, but then I didn't know what to do. And she says, and you can all, if you put him in, you can always take him back out. It's like, okay, okay. And I just cried after I visited her. I was like crying all the way home because I was like, this was my dream. And so... I went home and I talked to my husband. I'm like, I'm going to put him in school. He's like, okay. And then my best friend, 
who lived around the corner, she had been disappointed when she found out I wasn't putting him in school because she was going to homeschool or she was going to put her daughter in public school. And it's uh, Cheryl Bennett's littlest sister. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she, like, she had put her daughter in school and she was like, they're not going to be together. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm homeschooling. And she's like, oh, okay. Then I called her and told her, I'm like, put him in school. And this was two weeks, two or three weeks after school had started. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, yay. So she, they got to ride on the bus together and they were like super close. Uh, so then we went ahead and went on our trip anyway. So we took him with us because we're like, it's only kindergarten. Then I found out I was expecting um, Sam on our trip. It's like, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so I so basically from beginning to end of kindergarten, I was pregnant. I figured that was probably good because I was so tired anyway. Yeah. And he's so social. He just, he ate it up. And then I put him into first grade. And he was doing really good. He's super social. He's having lots and lots of fun. But then I was watching him get more sad, like sad, more sad and more sad. And his reading was starting to go downhill. And what they, what they did was it was a lot of sight words. They weren't really teaching them phonics. Mm -hmm. And his, his reading skill was just dropping, which was sad for him because they put him in a different reading group, a lower one, which... All of his friends were in the other one. So that devastated him. And my friend, she came to me one day and she's like, I just went to a parent-teacher conference with my daughter's teachers. And they just said, she's not reading. She's trying to sound every single word out. And they want her to, ha to memorize the sight words. So her sounding out words was wrong to the teachers. And she was like, in the lowest reading group, they weren't helping her, and they were saying it was basically her problem, her fault for not being able to memorize the words. <laughs> so she was just like, I'm so frustrated, so mad. I'm going to pull her out of school in December when we have the break. And I was like, oh, well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's like, so you want to do homeschooling with me? <laughs> um. Let me think about this. Oh Let me pray gosh. about it. And she had started talking to Cheryl. And uh, Cheryl gave her TJ Ed audios to listen to and the books. That's that's the book, Thomas Jefferson Education. Yes, yes right. I'm that's sorry. Right. Oh, that's okay. Yep. And so she, she was listening to those audios, and then she gave them to me, and I started listening to them, and I went, oh, that's it. That's my missing puzzle piece. I have to do this this way. But I told her, I'm going to keep going until the end of first grade so I can study this. I need to understand it before I just yank him out and expect perfection. So I started reading all of the Thomas Jefferson education books and um, working on how to implement them into our experience. Now, he's only seven by this point so he's really just basic yeah. you know not even love of love of learning phase so the stakes are really low yeah at this point yeah so i i just kept studying all summer and all the, you know the rest of the year and then all summer and and then starting for his second grade he he was disappointed 
because he's so social, he would watch the bus go by every day and cry because it was his bus and he knew he was supposed to be on it. So it's like that we're doing it this way now and you get to hang out with Jade. And so, you know, we were homeschooling buddies (laughs) and she lived around the corner. Um, and then we went to Cheryl's homeschool group for a little while. That was our introduction to a group. And then that she decided to stop doing that. So I went over to Julie's, started hanging out with Julie probably for a year doing homes, like just more of a play day every week. Yeah. This is our mutual friend, Julie. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. And then that's how we met Sia. She came to one of our play dates and she, we would, the mothers would just sit and talk while the kids played and we discuss ideas and then Julie introduced her to um, lollipop education, and she she took it home, read it, and then decided to set up the current homeschool group that we attend. And I would say without those friends, that group, soul mentors, I guess. I probably would be crying <laughs> because it's, it's, it's so nice to be able to have people that are in the same boat, same issues to some degree. And it's like, a you know, when I'm struggling with something and I'm seeking help, then all of a sudden a friend will come up and say, have you heard of this? Can you, you might try this. And so inspiring, being inspired also by watching them or being able to pick their brains and say, you're super experienced at this or you're doing so much better what is your secret and then they can explain it to you and you can take it from there yeah but I I would say even still I probably am a lot of times feeling like my own mother just like I have no idea what I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing (laughs) so it's just it but I see I see each of them going through the different phases of learning and hitting those benchmarks and waking up to something new not all of them at the same time not all of them with the same gifts they just not all of them with my gifts and my personality (laughs) imagine that yeah they're not your clones (laughs) nope I would I don't even know if I'd like them to be (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't want clones I don't need Jenny clones in my house oh my It's interesting recently, especially because we have this huge influx of homeschoolers now, right? Like there's a, our county has a Facebook page for like homeschool families. I don't know if you belong to that group or not, but um, it's called Clark County Homeschool Families. And on there every single day are people saying, okay, I'm doing that. I'm homeschooling. And it's just been amazing to watch. And people just ask the same questions over and over again, you know. But one day somebody asked, um, are co-ops worth it? Like, are homeschool groups worth it? Do you, Is it worth the effort to find one? And I was so surprised by how many people said, no, not worth it. It's more trouble than it's worth. Just, like, and I just thought, wow, like, I guess people just legitimately have different needs as far as a group goes. Because you're talking about our group where it's like, we work hard together, right? Like we're creating things and mentoring all these kids and mentoring each other and helping each other. And I thought, but if you're in a group where it's 
it's purely social, maybe you're not getting that uplifting. Instead, it feels like this, this thing you got to go do, right? Or if it's right. purely for your kids and you don't get anything out of it, then it's like, oh, it's just another to-do list. And some people are saying like, oh, there's always drama. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's going to happen no matter what, right? There's drama, I'm sure, in our yeah, group. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, like, because people, you know, have opinions. People. And, yeah, <laughs> people are people and people make drama. But... And people have kids. Yeah, kids make drama. <laughs> kids kids create parent drama. Because <laughs> sometimes kids are just being kids and the parents are like, <gasps> Yeah, I've been true. there. Yeah, me too. Totally, <laughs> I, me too. And well, and I think that that's, inter- you know, it's interesting too. Because when you remove yourself from the phases of learning so you know you have your core kids and you have your love of learning and you have your scholars when you start taking those core kid children and the core or the love of learning children and expecting them to do harder work they it's it's hard on the one teaching them because you constantly have to be helping every single one and so if you could can set it up so that it's in the environment that they need yeah and that it's it's feeding them the way they need to be fed then it it's so much easier because we have our little tiny ones that are in the nursery and they're just playing the whole time we're not trying to teach them their abcs they're just playing so that the moms and the other older kids can learn <laughs> The things they need to learn so we let them play which is the phase they're in and then you have the core the other core kids a little bit older right like that four are, to eight year olds uh-huh. yeah that are doing the fun project play it's more project based but it's still play and when we try and we've learned this from trial and error when we try to put in the heavier academics they just run run rampant (laughs) they go crazy on us they don't want they don't want and they you know their family cultures are somewhat that way they they know (laughs) so they're like no 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 we know what we're doing we're playing we're getting along we're talking we're exploring these things that have been brought in and they always make giant messes and Mm -hmm. with our little things of glitter or whatever we're trying to do (laughs) so they but they they tell us by their actions what they're ready for and then you have the love of learners, which it's more project-based. So then it's so much easier because we're not trying to force them into sitting down and reading and writing a lot, but they're hands-on looking into something new, exploring something new. And then the scholars are ready to start being pushed a little harder and to get into reading and studying. And that is so much nicer because then it doesn't fall apart on you. <laughs> it's like, oh, when when you do it in the right order, then it's just, it flows so much better. Yeah. That doesn't mean that it's super easy because being a mentor to scholars is stressful because all of your insecurities pop out. Yep. <laughs> so that, and that's the biggest thing that I've realized. It's just like, well, obviously, I'm scared to death of talking, so now I need to work on that. <laughs> and I've never written a paper before. Well, I, I had. Like, my parents never had expected me to write a paper. Till I got, And then when I got into college, I was like, all of a sudden, paper. And my dad literally sat and typed out my whole paper. 
he talked to me. He interviewed me basically and yeah. we worked it out. But he he did it all for me, which some people would say, no, no, no. They have to figure it out themselves. But if he hadn't sat sat there and worked step by step with me when the time was needed, I wouldn't have been able to write a paper. Yeah. I, I just would have frozen up in class. But I was in college. It was something I needed to be doing and I could have done it earlier. But they just never, I don't know, they didn't think of it, I guess. So, and as Sia once said, she's like, how did you get all the way through without writing one single paper? I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just they just didn't have a I wrote in journals all the time, so I was writing, but I never actually wrote a paper, which I'm kind of glad that they didn't push it because it was the five-point essay versus oh, what yeah. the kids are learning, the pers- persuasive. So I'm like, you know, I'm glad that my life fell apart so I could be <laughs> having this done the right way for my own kids. So anyway, so that that was kind of an interesting thing. Like writing is probably my weakest. So I love having friends that are gifted and skilled in those things so that they can scoop up and help my kids fill the holes that they're struggling with or that I'm struggling with implementing. So. That is awesome to me. Another good reason to have that community and support. Yeah. Even if it's just two or three people to just have, you know, even if it's family that you utilize, you know, grandparent mentors or siblings, mentors or, yeah. Yeah. Aunts and uncles. So of your siblings, do any of them homeschool their kids? Yes. Um, My oldest sister put her kids in school she works and her husband works so they have them in public school then the sister just under me she homeschooled or no she thought about it but she public schooled her children her husband was a professor and a teacher and so they went to public school yeah that's a big obstacle to overcome (laughs) yep and then then my brother the older of the two brothers he his four older were public schooled and one of them is being homeschooled and then they have four more kids or his he and his second wife have four more kids they're all homeschooled so it's kind of a split yeah and then the brother the next brother he has two kids and they're public schooled and then my next sister she is homeschooling and for for a couple of years I think she had two of hers in um, public school you had introduced me to the brain integration mm-hmm. and so I immediately went home and I told her about it and she got really excited she was like okay I'm looking this up now so she like took off with it where I'm just still like okay <laughs> reading and studying this but she, she started her son out on the brain integration exercises. And and so she started to see some pro- progress. And then she realized, after some more pondering about it, that he needed eye therapy. Yeah. So he spent entire year, last year, eye therapy. And going, and so she'd have to take him to his classes, which was, I believe it was at least a half an hour away. I think it was a half an hour away back and forth back and forth every week 
and he he did amazing and she said he he would climb trees and do fine but when it came to like riding a bike he just wouldn't ride his bike he just refused to ride a bike and there were a lot of other things that he just wouldn't do and then she she said after he'd gone through all this therapy then one day she's looking at him outside and he's riding his bike and she's like wow you're riding your bike and he's like yeah i couldn't see he could he didn't have the depth or oh, man. you know it was the it was just scary to be balancing on a bike when he couldn't see clearly clear straight or i don't even know exactly what it was yeah but because he he climbed trees because he had something to hold on to and it was a little different perspective so that was amazing so she decided she had decided to put two of her kids in school so that they could keep progressing and he, she could focus on him but then that i think her oldest went to public school a little bit longer she had pulled the younger one out the younger one it was really hard on her and the older one just said i hate history i hate history she's having to take some history classes and she said why do you hate history she's like it's all depressing it's horrible everything is bad everybody's evil they're just terrible she's like well not all history is that way my sister told her that not all history was that way so she her oldest decided to be homeschooled again she's like i want to be able to monitor and manage what i'm learning so wow that's cool how old is she she is 13 she's in our keys of key of liberty class oh cool snagged her and said join us yay so so she's in there um anyway so that that's that experience and then my youngest sister she i was 18 when she was born so she's a lot younger than me she just had her second baby and her older is just turned three or four (laughs) little yeah i think she's three she's she's uh looks like a four-year-old <laughs> she's so tall so she's three and so she's just getting started that's awesome when, but she plans on as far as i know homeschooling so so when you like because you read this book as a teenager and you're like this is how homeschool should be this is what it should actually look like even if i'm not having that experience that kind of carried you through so that you're like okay i'm gonna do this how did how did that go down when you like met your husband and you're talking about getting married and you're like, hey, just so you know, I'm gonna homeschool. Like that's you got to be on board with this. How did that go? <laughs> <laughs> well, he he was like, okay, whatever you want to do, you can do. Crickets. No, <laughs> but he basically just turned it over like said I could do whatever I wanted to do what whatever I felt was the thing to do so and he's we were just talking about this the other day and I was like we need to be on the same page kind of a feeling I'm just like we have to he's like well you know I've just let you do your thing it's been your thing and I'm like that it to me is huge if I could just you know help people understand it's not just a mom thing or a dad thing or even, you know, oh, my grandkids are being homeschooled. Whatever, that's their thing. That's their thing. And I, whether I agree with it or don't agree with it, it's 
it's a community thing to me. And if, if the mom and dad, they don't have to have all the same ideas The dad can still teach and the mom can still teach in their personalities and their way of doing things. But it's huge if the parents are communicating with each other because you tend to sabotage each other. Yeah. If you're not on the same page. And sometimes even if you are communicating, you still might sabotage each other. It's huge because then the, the children are seeing the mom's take and the dad's take on learning. And when my husband is at the table and one of the kids says something, then, and he starts having a conversation, it's everybody around dad learning whatever he's learning. And I was trying to think literally yesterday morning. They had this big discussion about a science topic. I can't remember what it was, <laughs> but it was it was still fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> to me, even though I can't remember right now what it was, but it they just were all enthralled and they were asking all kinds of questions. Oh, it had to do because of all our, our fires, right? Yeah. You know, because I mentioned the the smoke and how the cold air has been trapped underneath the smoke. Whereas other times it can be up on top. So that just started a whole conversation on weather and which, you know, can be fascinating if you're ready for it. If you're not, then you don't remember the names of any clouds. Right? <laughs> you're like, I don't know. I don't the, know. The, right? the fluffy it's the fluffy ones. ones. <laughs> yeah. So they, they were having a good time just at the breakfast table, just talking about the weather and how it can change and what, how this affects this and that affects that. So. It was, it was fun because he jumped in there and he started teaching them something. And I'm like, this is what I love. This yeah. is what I want. I want to be able to sit down all together and learn. And then they can go explore it if they want to. Or they can say, yeah, maybe another time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. We, that tends to happen when we're in the car. Like I see that Trapped. happen the most. Everybody's <laughs> in the car and my husband will say, like he's a big like reader of news and science articles and things like that. And he'll say something like, you know, I just read the other day and he'll go on and talk about something. And then suddenly everybody's like, wait, dad, talk louder. We can't hear you in the back seat, you know? And then it just turns into a big discussion. And I think he secretly holds on to those topics to when we're all in the car together. Cause he knows yeah. everyone will listen to him. Whereas we're in the house, they can run away, you know, and be like, Oh, dad wants to talk about some science thing, you know, but, I love that, too. I totally get that. Yeah. It feels good to see them being part of it. Yeah. And then they start teaching each other or asking more questions. And the younger ones say, oh, you know, they might join into the conversation or just listen to everybody talk. And then eventually they just kind of perk up and throw something out there that works with the conversation. Or they may just sit there and keep eating their snack. (laughs) (laughs) And ignore the whole thing. So the other day I said to one of my boys, my 13 year old, I just, I was sitting in the office and I was thinking about different things. And I said, oh, you know, did you know that if you read 30 hours, you raise your grade level in reading, you'll raise yourself a grade level. He's like, oh, and then it was silent for a minute. He's like, hey mom, will you make me a chart? so that I can read for 30 hours. I'm like, sure. (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm like, well, that worked awesome. (laughs) And then 
um, he was really excited. I was printing off and we were put a fun picture down there and my 11 year old walks in and he's like, what you doing? And he's like, mom is printing me off a sheet, a chart that I can use. And if you read 30 hours, you can raise your reading grade level. And he says, oh, hey mom, will you print me off one too? <laughs> and I was like, it's like, sure. So we found a cute picture to put at the bottom that looked like, you know, because each of them, like, one with really dark hair and one with a little lighter hair, you know, yeah. <laughs> to match them with the book. And so they were excited about that. So we did that, and and then they, they've they been working on it. And my 11-year-old, of course, is just, like, reading and reading. He's got He's just checking it off, and it's just, like, moseying along. And then he kind of forgot about it, and then... 11-year-old finishes his chart, and he's like, I finished my chart. And the 13-year-old's like, oh, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> my little brother passing me up. <laughs> so what? he gets in there, and he finishes it. And by that point, by the time he finishes it, 11-year-old has his second one done. <laughs> so they're like, oh, no. And then my 15-year-old's uh, like, what are we doing? <laughs> What's everybody doing? Hey, Mom, um, maybe you could uh, help me with that but can I read out loud to you instead so you can help me? Because he struggles yeah. with uh, dyslexia. So it's like, okay. So he's been making a point. And then, but before he asked me, because usually it's like pulling teeth to get him to do the exercises. So he just, he just automatically started getting up all by himself without me saying a word. Because so he's watching, and this is how he is. He watches other people, and then he'll make a decision to do something so he just he just started get, getting up doing brain integration and he's probably he tries to get up for everybody else so he can it can be quiet gets it done and then he asks me to read with him that's so, so cool i'll read to him and then he reads to me or vice versa so that was i, I did i i had decided i'm not pushing i'm just going to experiment with this yeah so and then I thought, well, this works for scholar hours, too. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I was like, yeah, you have to do, you know, just add that little piece in. The thousand hours of reading, they're going to get it done in a month, the way they're going. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We need to discuss at least. No, but they're reading all the, some of them are reading the easier books just because they oh, haven't yeah, done yeah. them yet. Yeah. So they're like, all these books have been sitting on the shelf for years and they haven't touched them. I'm going to read this whole a series you know so Clifford or or yeah. Curious George and and then they get out their chapter book you know and they you know the bigger books their their book group books and so anyway it's just funny because I, I haven't really pushed anything it was just like here's a little seed I'll see where it goes oh wow okay oh, now it's a, it wasn't even bamboo <laughs> <laughs> one of them is bamboo no it takes five years no he uh the the 15 year old he's we haven't read for two days. I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so you got to come read with me, Mom. If you help them for... Anyway, <laughs> I won't get my reading in. You have to help me first. Okay, okay, okay. So that was... It's just fun. So then if they're voluntarily coming to me, then I can help the, you know, somebody else plant seeds. <laughs> yeah, plant more seeds. Instead of me chasing. Yeah. Mm. Have you had any of your kids ever want to go to school? Hunter. Yeah. Even still, like this year. It was a big deal. He was trying to decide. And it was mostly, 
you know, he wanted even to get this into year with it being all online. Like he wanted to go to well, school. Well, I don't think he realized that it oh, would be all okay. online. I don't I think saying, he's why even would anyone about want that? to do that? Because here yeah. in Washington, there's no option to go in person. Like where yeah. we live, you can't go in person. Yeah. He didn't realize that. I don't think he's even still realized that everybody's online. So, um, his big thing was he wanted to get into Running Start. Yeah. Um, he wanted to get ahead, and partly he was talking a lot to to dad. You know, he dad was saying, "Running Start, Running Start, Running Start." And he's been pushing it for a for a year and or so. And I I personally, when I think about it, I'm just like, no, no. And it if if he were to get on BYU and take classes, I'd be fine. Or if, you know, it's the school. Hmm, I just interesting. I have a problem with the school myself and I don't even know fully why. I'll just leave. No, that's okay. Because you're like, because I know your kids go there. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So, I just, I just have this feeling, and it's, it, it was funny because I was talking to him the other day, and I was like, it's more of a liberal school, and he's like, I'm strong enough, mom. I know where I stand and everything. I'm like, I think that's my problem. I think your your mouth would get you in trouble. Oh. <laughs> You're just so strong in your beliefs. You know exactly where you stand. And I'm just watching, you know, other, maybe I'm watching too much YouTube. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, just, just, you know, if you don't believe a certain way, then you, you're going to get attacked verbally at least. And even sometimes physically I've seen. And so they, I'm just like, he, he has a mission and I just feel like it needs to line up with what he's doing. So I was asking him to pray. Yeah about it and ponder about it and then I started looking up some things and uh, pathways he can get onto pathways after he gets back from his church service mission and just start up no matter where he is he doesn't yeah. even have to have a diploma so I was like see you have this option too so you can decide there's a lot are of your options. holes too big that was my other thing is like so a few of his holes are bigger and so I was, you know, is his math and English up to par to be able to get in in the first place? Because, you know, he'd have to take a test, I believe. And then if he can't, if he's not where he needs to be, he'd have to pay for those classes. So anyway, that was just kind of my take on it. Uh, so he, and he also wanted to play football. And see, his, that's the thing about being a homeschool mom sometimes is you can pull the strings you want pulled, I guess. Anyway, he's done flag football, which I was okay with. And I'm totally okay. I don't know why football. See, it's enough. Why football? Of all things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I. Not that any anyone who's listening, we're not like anti-football. I just, <laughs> I'm just like, there are so many more injuries to me. Yeah, the head football. injuries alone are yeah. making me very nervous. And I, uh, when he started asking me that, I had just listened to a, a podcast on Audible a free podcast about hit brain injuries. And I'm like, oh. no, <laughs> like, I don't want to say no, but no. And so that was my own yeah. take. I'm like, listen to this podcast first, and then you can decide if you want to play football. In our family, we've dealt with three different major brain injuries over the years. Yeah. Three different people. And it is awful. It is awful to deal with the aftermath of it. So for me, like football's a deal breaker because... <laughs> Because of brain injuries, we've already dealt with those, and it's just yeah. awful, and it lasts a long time, and just the ripple effect from it is just terrible. 
Yeah. And and that was that was my whole thing. Mm-hmm. If you will read if you listen to this article, if you'll read the brain integration book. Yeah. Aww. So I just trust it because Hunter and I had a conversation this summer too because he was still trying to decide what to do and I said figure out where what your end is that you have in mind right begin with the end in mind and then figure out what's the best way to reach that path because I'm not going to tell you what to do I don't know what you should do yeah like I have no idea I'm like if you want help with something I can help you know but if you don't know where you want to be what the end goal is it's hard to pick the path the next step of the path. So I didn't try to convince him to do running start or anything to see now. <laughs> well, and of course, you know, like coming back in conversation, you know, he might tell me one thing and then I may not, and I'm not part of the whole conversation. So yeah. I'm just like, what, what is going on? But I know he talked to you. He talked to Sia, you know, and I'm like, I love that he has mentors to go to. Um, I keep saying, you know, he has, he has this personality that is, the ready, fire, aim, or the, <laughs> uh, that's where I want to be, so I'm just going to jump to that point. Uh, yeah. Like, you just had, you, you know, <laughs> you jumped, jumped into the Grand Canyon because <laughs> you're trying to leap the whole thing at once. Yeah. So he, that's always been him. He's just, he knows what he wants, so he's, he just goes for it. And then he's like, yeah, that's a little bit, harder than I want to work so I'll just pretend I don't know that part or you know pretend I don't have to do that part just go here uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so some of that's maturity too oh it right? is totally like, totally time. and so I just hope Hunter doesn't him like, back. get too can... mad we're talking about him no hopefully he doesn't listen to this episode <laughs> he, he can totally listen <laughs> um and then you know then I have my second Jamie is very he's more of a worrier <laughs> and a perfectionist all wrapped up in one. And so I'm just like pushing. I mean, I yeah. feel like I need to push. And sometimes I don't even think he, he, he will look unless, you know, there's always this concept. Well, what about this? Well, what about this? Cause when you ask it, well, we did those vision boards for our class and Hunter knows what Hunter wants to do. And Justin knows what Justin wants to do. Like our friend, Justin and Jamie is like I don't know I don't know so we just start talking about different things oh well you like to build things well one of his he he sat there with me for a while and he just couldn't figure anything out and then Liam sits down with me to do his pictures and talk about what he's interested in and so Jamie happened to be standing there he's like oh oh okay so it was like he had to see what was available because he didn't it was like I don't know what's available what is out there yeah (laughs) So, and then he got all on fire. That was bad grammar. <laughs> he got lit up over rabbits. And so I I had him just research rabbits and look up lots of videos. And we did a little bit of reading together. And he want, and he's the type that sit here, sit here with me the whole time. I'm like, I have to go do a few things. Yeah. Like, it's okay. And I, this is good for you because you, you watch it. Because what he'll, he wants me to do is listen to it with him and then just take care of the project side and then he'll just, you know, pet the rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 no. This, you have to research it and then you come and tell me what you learned. That's called narration. And when you narrate, then you will have that information. Mm-hmm. It's solid in you and you will know. 
and then it won't be me constantly telling you what you have to do or what you need to think. Yeah, you'll tell me what you need to do because exactly. you learned it. So he came back and he would just follow me around telling me everything he'd learned. I'm like, okay, okay. So then he said, well, you need to watch this one with me or something to that effect. Hey, we'll write all these things down. So we had a big layout. And I'm like, now we need to talk to dad about it. Do you have bunnies? <laughs> no. No? No. Um, Tim doesn't want to get anything until we move. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But it's also, he's like, then he sits down with dad to start watching videos and it's all about disease and sicknesses. (laughs) So that way it was like, he's like, I don't want to talk to dad anymore. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But it it was funny because there's that total difference, you know, of like, yeah, "Yeah, exciting, pet the bunnies. Both things exist though, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was a downer a little bit. So he got sad about it for a little while and then he's like, still want to do it. I still want to do it. So I'm like, okay, well, when we get a new, like when we move and we get some property, as long as it doesn't take too long, <laughs> you can't be 20 before this happens. Um, so it was just interesting because as soon as he hit on that one topic that he thought was fascinating, that's all he wanted to do. Yeah. But before it was just like, oh, I don't know. I don't There's know. too many options, therefore he couldn't really think of any. Yeah. Right? Like it was just too broad but then once he thought of one he just like zeroed in on it he did and, and then he wouldn't stop so that that's kind of fun when I when I get to that point with him but you know it takes walking through mud sometimes whereas you're the other one you're like forest fire come back <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's, it's fun to to watch literally to see every different personality come together I mean it's hard to work with them all and and uh, try to cater to who they are instead of you know here's this curriculum that everybody everybody follows and you're pushing clones out versus there's such a wide variety in gifts and talents and if we all work on them together you know we could have an amazing business if we started a business you know everybody could work together but it's Everybody's gifts and talents in the family can be phenomenal if utilized and not, I guess, shamed. Although, you know, it's, and it is, it is hard not to get stressed out, frustrated. Like, why'd you just talk to me? Or, yeah, quit trying to perfect everybody before you're perfected. Yeah. (laughs) So. That's something like I've always really admired about you is that you really see your kids individually. You know, you see them as this individual person and their strengths and their weaknesses and their struggles and their their genius and their brilliance, you know, that you really like just zero in and really come to know each kid. Like that's something I've always thought was really cool that you do. Sometimes I have the microscope a little bit dialed in too far though. <laughs> that's okay. Like, it's all a learning process. It's better than what you said, like trying to turn out clones. Right. And like yeah. when you're like married to this curriculum that you love and you're like, everybody fall in line. we got to make this curriculum work. I spent this money. I learned. It. I love it. Everybody get on board and doesn't matter if there's square pegs in that round hole. You're just like, just hammer it in. Let's make it work. Right. Instead, you're like, OK, because you can also like adapt. Right. You can still love that curriculum and still believe in it or whatever it is or philosophy whatever it is right and like instead say okay how am I going to make this work for this individual who lives in my house right who I know better than anyone else knows them you know yeah well it's something that 
it's really interesting because, you know, the keys of teaching and inspire not require and you not them. You're talking about from from Thomas the Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson education. I that those just hit me this year really hard. I was like, oh, oh, I already knew. It. I hate it when you don't admit you know something, <laughs> and you're like still just trying to force, force, force things. So you're like, we really should be doing something with science. So let me grab this curriculum or these books. And you're still trying to make everybody fall in love with this. And you're like, I don't even know what's in this book. I have no idea. And maybe I should read it before I try to make them do it. See if I even like it. Well, it just hit me. I was like, you not them. Oh, if... I am not looking at this artist or this author and loving it and just studying it just purely out of joy for myself. Why would I want to make a regimented schedule with this topic? Yeah. I know nothing about it and I'm still learning about it and I'm not in love with it. Why would they? And so that just really hit me. So I spent the summer just reading and reading and reading and I've been all the books that they were supposed to read for last year's uh, book groups, I was trying to keep up with all of those as well, yeah. just for my sake, and uh, and because I was into them and they were in, you know, it was it, it was just such a it was a more exciting year as far as reading goes. But then this year, I'm still trying to like, like, plug in little things, and I'm like, well. If I'm not, if I don't even know what it's about, I just, I can't really expect them to do it. So I've just decided if, this if year. If they're not already excited. Yeah. Right? Like you're talking about a kid who's like, why should I do this? And if you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to either. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, with Charlotte Mason, she has picture studies. She has music. She does all these different things and it's more regimented, but she already loves all those things. Like yeah. that's why she taught them to the children and I'm like, I'm not even there yet. But I just decided that this year, anything and everything that I do, even if I structure it a little bit more, like I want to do sharing when we eat breakfast, like just this is something fun. Even if it's, it follows a, that we do it every week, I guess. I want to be in love with it before I share it with them. Because I've tried a few things, but we just, we were doing the This Week in History that you can get from uh, Thomas Jefferson Education, the subscription and for that. And I, it was, they did a, I can't think of the name, I think it's Caldecott. He's an artist. Oh, for the Caldecott Awards? Yeah. Yeah. So they we learned about him and I'm like, this is fascinating. It is fascinating. And so I started looking up pictures and so he has all this art, but they're in storybooks. So I printed off pictures that are in sequence of the story. So we, um, on Monday, got I got those pictures out, and I was talking to them about them. And I said, these are really fascinating. I said, we've studied him in the past. We talked about him. But here's the here are these pictures. And it was the, this man getting chased by a bull, hiding behind a tree, and then he hid in the water. So we just had fun just putting them in a story order. So they all just, they put them in different orders too. And like, well, this could have happened first. So that was really fun. And so that's what I'm studying for the next few weeks and just showing them some of his stories. 
uh, a few pictures. So that was that's very cool. That was one of the exciting things. But I I just feel like if I'm not gonna love it, why would I show it to them? <laughs> yeah. If you're already passionate about something, what a great teacher you become in that subject. Yeah. Even scrubbing the floor. Sure. That's as I, I don't know if I can work a passion for scrubbing the floor, but <laughs> well, I I one day I wanted to clean around the kitchen baseboards, right? The, yeah. And so I got a toothbrush out and I had my water and I'm like down there scrubbing and each of my kids, what are you doing? What are you doing? I just don't think I've done it. I did it before in front of them. <laughs> so I'm like I'm like I'm cleaning the baseboards. I felt like Tom Sawyer at the moment. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I'm like cleaning. I'm like scrubbing. I'm like look how beautiful this looks, you know. And they're like, oh, can I try? I'm like, sure. So they were all <laughs> the other scrubbing. The <laughs> Whitewashing the fence. Yep. You're going to pay me a, you know, a nickel to come and scrub these baseboards or whatever it was. Yeah. They, they had so much fun. And every single one of them cleaned the baseboards with me. And it looked so beautiful after we were all done. They... And, and, you know, it's been a few years. <laughs> <laughs> but they, are they still excited? Because I have a lot of baseboards. Yeah. I don't know, because ours are pretty gross right now. <laughs> we need to do it again. I, it was just funny, because I'm like, these are baseboards. And it, and I, I wasn't like, woohoo, I'm so excited. But I was just in there doing it. And then they came and asked, and I just let them. I didn't say, you have, you know, this is a must. But I, that's the biggest thing I've noticed in homeschooling, is when you say, sit down, this is what we're doing, it's mayhem. They, they will purposely goof off. They'll make comments, they'll make really weird noises mm-hmm. <laughs> to just show you that they don't have to be there and they don't have to be doing it. But when you're doing it, they will literally come and take the item out of your hand, whatever it is. Let me try, let me try. Yeah, can I try, can I? But it was fun. I really wanted to sew that myself this time. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> so we this summer we did aprons. They all made their own cooking apron. Fun. Got to pick the, the color of the apron, and they got to pick the pockets. That was fun. And nerve-wracking. Nerve-wracking. <laughs> <laughs> nerve-wracking a little bit. But I did a certain kids, you know, I helped them more. But the older ones, they sewed a lot of it. And so I was, I was pretty impressed with the outcome. And they were super excited and wanting to show everybody their project. So when we do that kind of stuff, they just, we, you know, you can talk about it and say, what would you think of this? And they'll get excited. Or you can start doing it yourself and they get excited. Yeah. Or you can make them do it and they hate it. <laughs> and then they're like, this is the worst. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Holly, for being on the podcast today. I don't know about you, but there are so few people who really knew they wanted to homeschool from the time of their own youth and their own experiences. And before they even had kids, that just is amazing to me. So Holly, you're an inspiration. Thanks for being my friend. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having such great kids to be friends with my kids. That's also pretty significant for me. And thank you, my listeners, for joining us on this episode of If Homeschool Walls Could Talk. I'm your host, Jenny Hahn.